Hi again, everybody. It's me, JR Man. Welcome to your Life's Work Podcast. How are you? If you are in the sound of my voice, no doubt you are in some kind of lockdown due to COVID-19, the dreaded coronavirus. I want to do a, a half-hour podcast um, on, again, I keep doing this thing in my heart and in my head about this is not a fear-not talk because... Right now, what's happening since we've gotten super ass serious about COVID-19 is an incredible amount of fear and terror and paralyzed. It's almost paralyzing. It's paralyzed us so much that people have gone out and bought all the damn toilet paper. And we were trying to figure out the other day, why toilet paper? (laughs) Why not toothpaste? Why not food? (laughs) Why not water? But every pandemic, I suppose, has its uh, its its weird um, hoarding source. So, twenty twenty, we will do the uh, we'll do the toilet paper. But anyways, I don't. And and here's the other thing I'm going to do. I am not going to idealize, ideologue, ideologically spin some kind of stupid verse. I'm not going to take a. I'm not going to take the Timothy verse. I'm not going to take a verse from the Old Testament. I'm not going to take a verse from any damn place and put it in front of you and say, hey, see, this is why we shouldn't fear. Because there's a sentence in a Bible with 66 books, and that sentence is your definitive understanding for you not to fear. Because at the end of the day, fear is a human emotion. Just like happiness would be, or anger would be, or sadness would be, But when we're happy, we don't run around pointing out the happiness verses and then jumping on those. But when we're afraid and when we're reactive to situations, we tend to go insane and try to devour it, kill it, slash it, hack it, bury it, ignore it, do whatever we can. Because fear is just so unbridled and uncontrolled. But the thing we really need to understand is it's a human emotion and we got to deal with it. We have to manage it. We have to be partakers of wisdom with it and for it. So this is a podcast for you to have some practicality in the day-to-day new world order of COVID-19. And we definitely got a new world order, man. That's all there is to it. If you're like me or like my friends, or like the people I've been talking about, everybody is freaking out about will they have a job, will they have money, will they have food. And, and, and Trump, Trump has come out. Today I'm recording this on March 16th. Trump has come out and said, hey, this, this shit might last until August. I don't know about you, man, but if you don't have cash reserve and you are laid off or you can't go to your job because, 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 can you last until August? So this gives people fear. Is that fear wrong? Hell no, it's not wrong. It's a reality that will hopefully get you up and running and moving. Because fear at the end of the day does a few good things. Like it helps you not touch the stove. It helps you not cross a busy street. It helps you be more uh, wise at times and proactive in the dark. (laughs) Or perhaps wise in not going down that street or into that neighborhood, right? Coffee hole, please. So, 
I find that I, I bitch inside my head, in my spirit even, when I'm listening to people in the last three days want to give lesson about how to just take care of your fear. So I want you to hear me correctly. I think your fear is real. I think it's a thing. I think there's certain volleys that you can play on it with it because fear at some level is suggesting that what people are doing when it comes to the protocols of trying to slow or mitigate the spread of coronavirus is a good thing. So fear, for example, along with wise accompaniment, right? So fear, kind of holding hands with wisdom, leads me into the grocery store a hell of a lot different than I normally go into the grocery store, okay? It also helps me talk to my children with a little bit more reverence for a very serious situation. Or it helps me call my mom and dad and go, hey, stop going shopping on Monday, damn it. And let us do it, even if they won't let me do it. <laughs> but anyways, fear accompanying with wisdom. Because fear is a thing. Fear is a thing. When you hear the Bible, chair, the Bible says, do not fear. What are we talking about there? We're talking about the exercising of, of, of some kind of control beyond your engagement with God. That's what we're talking about. Like your fear is so bounced off the ceiling and so running away and so absolutely bloviated that you have decided to cut quotients of wisdom and love and provision out of your life with the God of your under, of your understanding. So if you're a Christian, it's like I'm fearing so much I'm turning my back on the very tenets of Christ. The very understanding of God, Father, right? Yada, yada, yada. So what I want to do, and I've done this before, but I'm going to pull it back out because I just think it's a, these are great things. I want to give you COVID-19 practicality in the fear. I want to give you practicality, something to hold on to, something to do while you're doing ping pong ball tricks with red cups in your house for the fourth day in a row with your kids or homeschooling. Or debating on whether or not to go buy seeds to plant in your yard in case there's no more food. <laughs> or waiting for an Amazon package of 100, toilet, of 100 rolls of toilet paper. <laughs> not, that anything, not that any of those are happening here. <laughs> okay, so enough of my opening monologue bullshit because I want to move you on. Because we're already, Jace JR, we're already seven minutes into this crap. Just tell us what you want to tell us, okay? I'm with you, my brothers and sisters. All right. So um, the challenge is we got to fight fear a little bit with love. That's the challenge, okay? So, again, guard is up. I'm not actually asking for opposition to fear because, like I say, fear is a human emotion and that, for the most part, it can protect. It it, it does and it can. I'm talking about the over-bloviating, over-reactive, over-exhaustive energies that we put into fear that, again, stop us from love. Love of God, love of self, love of community. Following me? So I want to fight our fear with the love and the practical steps to walk back fear into hope. Because what we're needing right now is like great hope, right? So if Trump comes out today and he says, hey, it's August, like, yes, that's a shit far, far distance away, 
right? But at least there's a little glimmer of hope. Oh my gosh, that could be over. But we we all know because we've faced pandemics before. I'm 53. We faced a couple of them. Not to this degree. And when I mean this degree, I mean this loud. This one's a loud one because the responses to social media and the responsive to media media is just, it's very enlarged. Now, I'm not saying that we're overbloviating this. People are dying. Italy, it's a horrible situation. China, horrible situation. Yes, we don't want that here. I'm with you. I'm with you. But I also want to walk back some of this stuff and find some hope. So here's And again, I'm not the three steps guy, but I'm going to give you practical ways. So here's three practical ways to walk back fear and grab some hope, right? Okay, so so spiritual disciplines. So again, I don't care what wisdom tradition you hold as your ground and center. You're a Buddhist, love you. Love the Buddha. You're a Hindu, you know who you are. I got a couple Hindu friends in my life. God love you. I've got a very beautiful Hindu friend. You know who you are if you're listening. Uh, you Christians out there, love you. Don't want to hang out with you, but I love you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> love you, you wonderful Christian people. Muslims, got a gr- I got a great Muslim friend. You know who you are. Anyways, I don't care. All the grounding in those wisdom traditions are the same as everyone else's. And it's all grounding in love. All grounded in love. We are taking love, right? And we are learning to receive and give it. So spiritual disciplines, number one. Prayer is a spiritual discipline. Study is a spiritual discipline. Walking in the woods in, in, in stillness or silence is a spiritual discipline. Meditation, spiritual practice. Centering prayer, spiritual practice. Breath prayer, welcoming prayer. Um, Lectio Divina. Spiritual practice. Exercise under the right conditions could be spiritual practice. Hey, get this. Sex with your spouse could be spiritual practice. Discipline. Could be. Could be. What? It could be. Jerry, are you saying to have sex during COVID-19? <clears throat> Listen, relax. It's more tongue-in-cheek than anything else. Um, contemplation. Spiritual Practice. Contemplation. What is contemplation, JR? Well, contemplation, man, is is your is your thinking on stuff. You're taking the deeper mysteries of who you are, what it is, wh- what's happening around you, and you're taking them in and you're really hyper focused, hyper vigilant about that thought process that's happening in and among what's happening deep within you. Um, fasting. Fasting. Huge. Imagine if you were to fast right now. And again, like, uh, you know, fasting is, for the record, when people are talking about fasting, biblically, we're talking about food, okay? But obviously, uh, there's a lot of people that that fast all kinds of different stuff during all different kinds of times. Uh, Some people fast media. Some people fast food, obviously. Some people, I mean, you know, depending on what the discipline is, they'll fast all kinds of stuff. But fasting is that. But that's that's a step number one. If you put spiritual practice in your life on a, and, and again, I'm not one for metrics, but I would say in the time that we're in, if you can find five, if you can find five minutes to carve out in and around the scrolling and in and around the absolute unbelievable attention that you're giving the media right now, I'm telling you, you're gonna start injecting fear with a little bit more hope, which leads to a little bit more wisdom, which will help you in the present. Calm 
down. Number two, a daily inventory of your fear. A daily inventory of your worry. A daily inventory of your trepidation. A daily inventory of your anxieties. Take take time out of every day and take stock. Measure and think about where it is, what it is, who it is, when it is you're fearing. Right? And if you do that every day, you're going to get to the point where you're going to start understanding what the routine in your fear is. And that is a genius, practical way to help eliminate some of that overbloviated, obnoxious fears that will tell stories about the future that have nothing to do with the future. So, so take stock, an inventory, a fear inventory. Where, because again, if you do this for three days, I'm telling you, if you do it for, th- if you do it between now and the third day, by the third day, you're going to have a real clear idea of what subjectivity your fear is. Is, is it money? Is it the food? Is it making sure your kids X? Is it making sure your spouse what? Like, I'm just telling you, you get to understand what the fear is in its routine. And it's much easier then, again, to find wisdom, to find practicality. And in the present, it's, present, it serves you much better. Sorry, I just lost my page. Number three is daily confession. Now, when I say confession, again, this word tends to get nutty for people, but we're talking about talking, talk, 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 confession. Confession uh, biblically uh, brings mercy. It says it, it brings mercy, right? A soft landing pad, if you will. Um, and so who is that person or people in your life? that you could talk to your fear about. Is it your spouse? Could be your children. Well, I don't want to admit my fears to my children, JR. Are you kidding me? To be able to give your children your fear story as an adult in this moment would probably be the more freeing thing to give your children right now instead of a stoic frame of reference for them. So they understand that the things that they're thinking and going through are mirrored by you and vice versa versa so that and again I'm, I'm not saying you cripple your kids with your fear that's not what i'm saying have be wise about that please have some common sense about that please right like your kids don't need to you know hear you go well i'm a i'm afraid we're all gonna be not eating next wednesday <laughs> that's not it that's not it when i'm when i'm talking about sharing your fear story i'm saying that they're afraid just like you're afraid so be able to give them a few pieces of your fear would help them really not be so siloed and islanded out themselves. Because remember what fear does. Fear has a, a, a mechanism that clamps you down. You want to talk about isolation and quarantine. When you start to fear, that's the first damn thing you do is you start to isolate yourself and you don't speak it, right? And we really do need to be able to talk about what's happening. Uh, on the fear level. So, uh, confession. Call it fear accountability, if you will. Fear accountability. So, with you and your spouse, I would suggest that's where you start or you and a best friend, depending on where you and your spouse are in the manners of fear. I would hope that you're both on the same page with your fear stories. In other words, your spouse knows what you're afraid of, vice versa. But if it's your best friend, and again, I want it to always be your spouse. I really do. I want those lines of communication, but I also get... I also get marriages can get very tricky with fear. 
But I do want you to be able to share your your fears with your spouse. So uh, fear accountability with your spouse, fear accountability with a great friend. Um, If you are having trouble (laughs) with a person, like I say, get a friend, get a spiritual director, get a mentor, right? If you're already in therapy or counseling, sure. But I want somebody that has a, a personal wraparound for you. Not a a cheerleader for the fear, but somebody who just knows you and knows your daily routines because it's going to be much easier in accountability to help you identify where the routines of fear are, particularly in a time when shit is changing hour to hour for these people to key in on. So a friend, a spouse, a spiritual director, somebody that can that can be hyper personal with you, dangerously personal is what I like to say. Um, fear accountability also includes God. Tell, I had a guy, I had a mentor when I was like 18, not a mentor. He was, he was, I guess he was probably a mentor. And he used to say, JR, do you tell God everything? And I was like, holy crap. No, (laughs) I didn't. I, and I think about that from time to time. My conversations with God now are much more my my prayer. People will ask me about my prayer and my meditation, and I'll say it's 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 kind of like all day for for me. It's like prayer without ceasing. Like I don't have too much time in my day where I'm not kind of crying out in some way um, to Father um, and Him knowing my my daily existence of of insanity as with my faith. So like the like we were driving to the store today. Uh, to grab, you know, some fruits and vegetables, uh, all the good things that uh, Di wanted. And I was already in my brain about getting to the store. You know, hey, I got I invite you into my anxiety about going into the store. The store is a madhouse, by the way. It's freaking crazy. I couldn't believe how many people are in there. And you should have seen them. Nobody talking, nobody looking at each other in the eye. Just like post 9-11. The week after 9-11, I, I can remember like it was yesterday, right? It was like no one looked at each other in the eye. Just the terror was like, man, you cut it with a knife. And so that's how I see people today. And like, I tried to engage a couple people a couple times and nobody was having it. <laughs> Anyways, I brought God into that. I brought God into that. Hey, I, God, I invite you into this energy that's happening right now in this store. And number one, I ask you take away my anxiety and my fear away. But I also ask that I could connect with these people um, without, it, without it being having that weirdness to it. So tell God every step of the way. We have nothing to lose and nothing to prove at the end of the day. We have to remember that our fear needs to measure up. It has to measure up into an abundance of life. So what I'm saying is fear tends to be at the lower denominator of our existence. It's telling stories that are dismal. It's telling stories that are full of weakness. It's telling stories that are full of scarcity. It's telling stories that are full of destruction. And so I want to measure up into the abundance of life. You know, Christ says, I I come to give you, uh, Jesus, I come to give you life more abundant, right? And he's talking about this expression of consciousness and awareness, The fact that we understand who we are, who you are, who we are, who I am, who God is, who community is. We're measuring up. We're measuring up. Whenever we fear, again, we we turn to a destructive scarcity that holds a, a very common story that is nothing really there. Darkness. 
So we measure up. And we really start to think about a risen consciousness with our fear. But we have to remember it is a human emotion that is. This is not something that we will get rid of. So we learn to be its friend and manage it. And truly understand how fear is a practical protection mechanism that can aid in our life and abundance versus just simply a weaponized insanity that will skewer us anytime it gets a chance. So I just want everybody to know that. So for all you assholes out there, and I'll say it very clearly, and I'm going to keep this recording, even though I just said that, that are preaching shame and guilt because somebody has a fear. And I saw a post yesterday from a very popular Christian teacher who has got a number one best-selling book. And the, and, the, and the post was, hey, if you're allowing fear in your life, you're actually got Christ behind you, not in front of you. And I almost puked up all those wonderful vegetables that I bought at the grocery store. Because I'm disgusted, absolutely disgusted that in this time we would, we, would, we would want to volley that if you've got fear, Christ is behind you, God is behind you, source, center, love, the universal power is behind you. It makes me sick to my stomach to know that people are trying to influence you away, away from the very core of who you are by giving you guilt and shame if you're fearful. So I'm going to tell you right now, I know you're afraid. I'm afraid. But we're going to manage it together. And here's how we're going to manage it together. We're going to love each other. We're going to talk about all the bullshit that's going on. We're going to talk about the crazy scenarios that we've been thinking. We are going to be reliant in a faith that says there is provision in love through God. Right? That can be Buddha. That can be Christ. It can be whatever wisdom tradition you decide. Okay? We're not going to, we're not going to handhold to an ideology that just says that's right, that's wrong. It's bullshit. So be very careful who you're listening to right now. But it makes me sick to my stomach to know that there's people out there guilting and shaming you because you may have an emotion. Because this is the first time in the world that we've seen anything like this. God knows you're afraid. He gets it. He is not standing behind a cloud disappointed. Christ is not tapping his foot in his, in his, in his arms folded and looking away in disgust because you're, you're, you're worried as hell about your 401k or can you pay the mortgage by August. He's not. Quite the opposite. He's asking us to lean in and rely on one another. Now, in social distancing land, that's phone calls, texts, that's videos, that's podcasts, there's all kinds of creative stuff that we can get in on. And these very three helpful things. <laughs> spiritual disciplines, spiritual disciplines, spiritual disciplines, daily inventory of fear, and the confessions of what's going on inside of you with a dear friend or a spouse. Okay, where are we at? Hold, please. We're at 23. Um, okay, that's my deal. I love you. Uh, I'm JR, JRMAN.com, JRMAHON.com. I'm a spiritual director. Sessions are open, yo. Sessions are 
open. Come book a session. My sessions run an hour. Sometimes they're quicker than that, depending on how you and I vibe. I'm a spiritual director. means I sit with you in a space where we can hear God together. We take the guesswork out of faith because there is no guesswork in this. I'm not sitting in the woods just simply waiting for God to show up with a sandwich. I'm not. We're out there pounding the spiritual streets together. And God will and does speak very often, if not always. For those of you out there, I prayed the coronavirus would go away and it's not going away. God, God, tell me why that is, Jer. God wants us in joining to him. Us to him, him to us. Right? This is what it is. So rely on his love, her love. Rely on that. Rely on one another. Manage your fear. If it gets overbloviated, overstressed, overstimulated, talk to somebody right away. You can call me. My number's everywhere on the websites and the social. I love you all very much. Know that I am with you in spirit or I am with you on the digital. And uh, I would be more than happy uh, to hang out uh, via FaceTime or Skype or just on the phone call or whatever you want to do. But I appreciate you listening. appreciate you being part of my passion. Again, jrjrman.com, J-R-M-A-H-O-N.com. If you need a spiritual director, I'm right here. I'd be more than happy to talk with you. We will talk next week. 